Welcome to Fun and Fundraising, everybody, the podcast where we talk with people behind top nonprofit galas and signature fundraising events to showcase how they positively transform their communities. I am your host, Rob Giardinelli, and today I am over the moon excited to have a really special guest on, and that is Jan Bullock. And Jan has been the honorary chair for one of Texas's most beloved and one of the state's best fundraisers every year, and that is the annual Texas Independence Day dinner. And it's turning 20 this year, and I could not think of a better time to have Jan on as a guest to learn more about the Bob Bullock Texas State History Museum and the Texas State History Museum Foundation and really celebrate this wonderful milestone because she has had so many wonderful guests at her at the Texas Independence Day dinner, so many wonderful honorees that, you know, in terms of getting people to say yes, I can't think of anyone better. And with that, Jan, welcome. And we are so excited to have you as a guest today. Well, thank you, Rob. I'm delighted to be asked to uh, be on your podcast. So thank you. Absolutely. So, you know, I love to start by, you know, tell people what the mission of the Bob Bullock Texas State History Museum is. Well, the mission is uh, to create experiences that in educate and engage and encourage a deeper understanding of Texas. The museum explores the span of the Texas experience from the earliest evidence of human inhabitation to who we are as Texans today, including the arts, sports, civil rights, and key businesses. In fact, we just did a program a couple of weeks ago about, about how ranches are transforming in Texas. So many of them are being sold for recreational use and no longer being operated for cattle or agriculture. Almost 100,000 school children learn about our shared and diverse past every year by visiting the Bullock on a field trip or through the long distance learning. And my late husband, Bob, believed that coming through a history museum, you could learn 100 times more than you could by reading Texas history books. And, you know, Texas history is, I don't know how much is being taught in the schools anymore anyway. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you are absolutely right with that. And one of my very favorite things to see at the Bullock is, is the shipwreck from the, I believe it's the, is it the early 18th century or the late 17th century? Like it's, it's several 1600s. It was a French. Yeah. Yeah. It was a time of Louis, Louis the 14th and uh, good Lord, everyone I think knew that it was somewhere in the waters around Texas, and it was discovered by Jim Bruseth and the Texas Historical Commission. And uh, Bob was lieutenant governor at the time, and of course George W. was uh, governor, and then Pete Laney, and uh, they were all pretty excited about it. And they uh, found some state funds to uh, to put it a coffer dam around it off Matagorda Bay. And, you know, get it all dry. In fact, Nell Delaney and Laura Bush and I went down there one day to see it. We took a little boat out there and we went down in it. And it was just unbelievable. And the artifacts on it were, you know, amazing. They're all, I think all of them are displayed in the museum from a brass cannon to Indian trading bees. It was in uh, preservation at Texas A&M for about 17 years. And so to bring it in the museum and have them put it back together was just, I mean, how many people get to experience that? So it's been a real draw. 
Absolutely. It really is one of the coolest things because, I, you know, and I grew up on the East Coast, so I don't think of things from the 16th and 17th century being this far West. And I got to tell you that I was really blown away the first time I saw it and just goes to show, you know, from the from the earliest of the country's origins, you know, Texas has always been a part of that American history. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, LaSalle himself was quite a character and uh, of course, the Indians ended up killing him, but it's just there's several books written on the, on the LaBelle and Jim Bruseth, of course, is our number one historian. And uh, if anyone hasn't come to the museum to see it, they need to because the museum was designed and the spaces were uh, built so that, the, that it could hold the LaBelle. So it's down there in all of its glory and uh, just an Incredible exhibit. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I'd love to hear a little bit about the origins of, you know, not just, you know, the Texas Independence Day dinner that we're, we're here talking about, but also kind of how the museum, you know, if you're, you know, in honor of your late husband came to be and kind of how it, how it started and how it's become this, really, it's a rite of passage for Texas education students. I remember one, one time, this was a few years ago, we did an interview with Miss Texas at the time, Madison Fuller at the Bullock and it made the kids year, you know, that were there, that were at the Bullock when we came walking out with her and she had her sash and her crown on. And oh. It was really such a cool moment, but explain, you know, how the origins of this museum came to be. Well, I met my husband, I think it was like, oh gosh, 1997 or 1998. And he was a big, he, he was an outdoorsman. He loved fishing and hunting, loved going down to South Texas. So we went, I went to South Texas with him on one of our first forays outside of Austin. And he would stop at little cemeteries on the way down there. And I thought, well, this thing's a little strange, but we get out and walk around him. And, you know, some of them were just fascinating stories and he knew about so many. And, and so he just always had a love of history I think it was John Ben Shepherd back in Governor Conley's day appointed. Uh, he was head of the Texas Historical Commission. And uh, I guess I think it, it was John Ben talked Bob into uh, serving on it and Conley approved it. And so he just became even more involved and more a more love of uh, Texas history. So he started talking about a history museum from the day I met him. And then, it, you know, things just came together at the right time. Governor Bush was here. Pete Laney was here. And um, the ship had been discovered. And so they were able to raise enough uh, state funds to, you know, to, to get it, to make it happen. And so, it, you know, belongs to the state. And the foundation board, we had this wonderful gala every year that raises funds for programs and, um, you know, educational programs and and um, just, you know, the great exhibits that we have that we put on. Absolutely. You know, and I'd love to, you know, maybe explore and learn a little bit more about, you know, because it, it, it's funny because you have the most wonderful executive director at the Bullock, Margaret Cook, and she's one of my favorite, favorite nonprofit people in Texas, one of yes. my favorite people, period. And you yes. know, she, she always talks about, she's like, I love being a part of, you know, being a part of the gala, but she was like, you know, the Texas State History Museum Foundation really is the driving force behind that night. So can you share a little bit about how the museum 
partners with the Texas State History Museum Foundation to create the marvelous Texas Independence Day dinner? Well, uh, the foundation board does a lot. Uh, Crystal Alvarado is just our little shining star, and she kind of leads that effort. And she works, you know, of course, with Margaret and then Jackie Schrott, who's who's the executive director of the foundation board and the fundraising arm, if you want to, you know, go there of the museum. And uh, so everybody kind of works together. And we have a committee that looks at possible honorees. We have a list that we go over every year. And we've had some incredible people. I mean, both President Bush's, Laura Bush, uh, Denton Cooley, uh, James Baker, uh, we Ross Perot, Dolph Briscoe, Bob, uh, Bill Clements. You know, the list goes on and on. Last year, we had Admiral Bill McRaven. And for those of those, those out there that don't recall, he uh, led the raid for uh, capturing Osama bin Laden. And he has a great story. And uh, Roger Staubach, our famous former Dallas Cowboys uh, quarterback, and they were just, I got to sit between them. And it's, you know, they're both pretty fascinating and have quite stories. Have Their stories are wonderful. And we do these videos every year of each honoree. And it goes back to the beginning of their lives until today. And people love to see that. I mean, you're never going to learn these facts other, you know, any other place, I think, unless you read a book. So people really enjoy that. And they keep coming back every year, I think, to to see all of this happen. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful setting. And, you know, I'm the honorary chair, but, you know, the chairs are always, always work very hard and pulling it all together. Well, it's funny you bring up last year, because I got to tell you some, I always love when I go into something and I don't, I experience something I've never experienced before. And I remember Lisa Cooley telling me, you know, she was last year's chair telling yes. me that there was, right. you know, there would be this wow moment when you know, I, I walked in, I was like, oh, how cool. There are these bronze statues of Admiral McRaven and Roger Staubach. And then like what the, the Roger Staubach one shifted positions. I'm like, oh my God, they're actually live and spray painted right. in gold from head to toe. Like it was, it was truly one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. And, you know, it's against this backdrop for anyone if you've never been to the Bullock Museum, you need to go. You've got just this beautiful grand atrium space that that is just it's breathtaking when you walk in. So it's the kind of see these moving gold gold painted statues was just really a such a cool moment. Yeah, it's it, it was pretty shocking and fabulous. I agree. You never know what you're going to see. It is a beautiful space, and of course, you walk in the rotunda, and we have that the go go gorgeous flooring that. Uh, I can't remember his name. He's from Amarillo that did it all. It's the, uh, you know, uh, the colored, uh, oh gosh, it's set in brass and it's the colored uh, stones and all. And you have Texas Rangers bag badges in the, in the floor and you have a, gosh, what do you have? Uh, uh, all sorts of dif different artifacts as well as an overall view of Texas history. Uh, like the the astronauts and the buffalo soldiers and so you know you walk in on that and then you see all all of the rest when you come in and uh our two years ago we honored uh Lida Hunt Hill from Dallas and she is a huge collector of geodes so she brought all these beautiful white geodes and there were candles stuck all in them and 
she wanted in her blue and white pots and she wanted a definite theme. And it was, you know, quite unique and, and beautiful. And then James Dick, who runs uh, Texas, uh, you know, the Round Top Texas Festival Hill. Yeah. Great pianist. And if anyone hasn't been there, oh my gosh, they're it, missing something. So that was another very unique year. And I will mention, so they actually, um, they do a gala um, in the spring as well. They're actually do, they started one about a year ago. And if you have never been to Festival Hall, it is in the smallest incorporated town in Texas. Yes. And you would think that it was something from Vienna. And I remember James gave me a tour of it. And I'll never forget, I walked in and I literally had to ask him because I could not believe it was from 2006 because every piece of wood was hand carved and it took 25 years to build. I mean, it it truly was unlike anything I've ever seen. Well, it, it's extraordinary. And he's just been the master behind, uh, mastermind behind it all. And it's in Round Top, Texas, where, you know, the those antique fairs take place a couple of times a year and they've got some great places to stay. And so, yeah, it's very fun to go over there. But a lot of people had never really heard of it. And they were excited, you know, to hear both of uh, those great honorees that year about their lives. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing I, you know, that I do want to talk about, because you've got such an impressive list of names and even people that may not be as well known, but they may be known in the philanthropy world, like Charles Butt who right. is extremely private. And so like when he, like when I saw you all got him to be the honoree, like I, that was like one of the first, if not the first time I've seen him do that. You know, I'd love for you to talk about, because I mean, you've gotten presidents to say yes, you've gotten philanthropists to say yes, you've gotten sports legends to say yes. What is the secret to asking somebody to, you know, be honored, and, you know, how would you go, what would you recommend to somebody in terms of how do you ask somebody to, you know, to be a part of your gala or nonprofit event as an honoree? Well, a lot of the board members, of course, you know, our board members are scattered throughout Texas and a lot of them have personal relationships with some of these people. And so uh, many, most people I think are incredibly honored and you know, I've heard some say, oh, my gosh, do I really deserve that or not? And uh, but Charles Butt, we were extremely pleased about because he is very private and I don't think he accepts awards, but uh, he's done so much for this state. And, you know, during hurricanes, he rises to the occasion and feeds people. He has this in incredible uh, learning institute out on Lake Austin. Uh, and he's just so about education and feeding people, I guess you would say, and such a great philanthropist. And uh, so we were very pleased about that. The, uh, the governors were, I think, very honored. Both President Bush's were very honored. And I think they all enjoy it. And um, I just think it's a no brainer. They kind of are very honored to be asked. And the thing I love about the honorees, and you all do this every year, is is your cocktail party. And one of my favorite photos I take every year is I always go up to the top because there's basically like <laughs> a second floor mezzanine, and I yeah. will always I will always look over that you know look down on you know onto the base of the rotunda, and I will always take a picture from you know the elevated point of view because it's so cool to see all the different you know all the different types of folks that come in but what you can also do at that and it's you know even someone who's really private like charles but because you're like you know with certain honorees 
I've been to plenty of events where people just, they come in at the last second, they sit down and then they leave immediately. Uh-huh. And I've never been to a Texas Independence Day dinner where both honorees weren't there and present for cocktail hour to mingle with the guests. How do you think that helps donors feel more special that they're really part of a really special night to get to do that? Well, yes, indeed. I, I think, I don't think it's ever happened that someone didn't show up actually, you know, people have heard of Herb Kelleher's who started Southwest Airlines, of course, he was here one year and he's just such a, well, he, you know, he, he passed away two or three years ago, but he is such a fascinating person and people just want to meet him and shake his hand. Of course, Walter Cronkite and um, uh, let's see, let me think, (laughs) as I said, Ross Perot, we honored the King Ranch one year uh senator k bailey hutchison yeah you've had golf nolan ryan and earl campbell who wouldn't want to meet them that was a fun year i remember i remember that one that was a really fun year to kind of have both of them and you know have you know a different genre because i don't think people that's what i always like about your honorees every year is you never know what you're going to expect and (laughs) you know you know you may have you know um you may have um arts one year, you may have sports the next year, you may have history the next, you may have political figures the next, and it's always a big mix. And what I love is, is that you've got your devoted list, of, you know, devoted supporters that go to everyone, but then they're each going to bring their own crowds. And that really makes the night so much more fun and special because there's always a different mix of chemistry every single year. Absolutely. And, yeah. Like Roger Starbuck bought all of his kids and you know, so often they do that. It was very fun the year that Ben Crenshaw and Tom Kite uh, were honored because, you know, they they both grew up in Austin. Of course, I told them I used to kind of watch them at the Austin Country Club practicing. And <laughs> when I was 16 year old, 16, my girlfriends and I would go out and sunbathe and they would be practicing near the old Austin Country Club was out way on Riverside Drive. But uh yeah, it's just most people are very honored and uh, they're excited to be here and we just have a wonderful time. I don't think there has ever been an event where, you know, people just didn't say it's just the best thing we go to. Um, you know, absolutely. And, you know, talk a little bit about you had mentioned kind of the honoree process. Talk a mm-hmm. little bit about how you all go about selecting and the selection process to pick the two specific people that you pick each and every year? Mm-hmm. Well, we have a com- we have different committees on the foundation board and everybody kind of signs up for different committees. And we have the honorary selection committee and there are probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 of us. And we go over a list of names and some of them have gotten a little bit, you know, too old or some are a little bit too young or, uh, you know, we'd like to honor uh, Matthew McConaughey some year, but he's been pretty tied up. So he's still maybe a little too young. And uh, we try to balance it. Uh, we've had a lot of incredible honorees from Dallas. We'd like to have more from Houston. And, you know, we asked one person this year and she wasn't able to do it, but hopefully we'll circle back around and, and ask her. So it's just kind of a vetting process, you know, how, what did they do? Uh, how old are they? How important are they to the communities or to Texas? And, you know, how outstanding are they? So that's kind of our criteria. I love that. And I love how you look into the different dynamics of 
what makes them, you know, what makes them, um, makes them worthy of being an honoree because there's really all kinds of different, um, different aspects. And it really just goes to show how multifaceted the people that come out of Texas and make an impact, you know, make an impact of the world are, um, you know, talk about, talk a little bit about this year's history, making Texans on Texan honorees. Well, yeah, Alberto Gonzalez, uh, of course, he was on the Supreme Court of Texas, and then he went to Washington with uh, President George W. Bush and was attorney general there. And uh, he and his wife, Becky, I've known for a number of years. They're just really wonderful people. You know, his parents were migrant workers. And to think that this man has, you know, come from that background and, you know, been elevated to these heights. And I think he's living in Tennessee now outside of Nashville. and. Uh, Actually, I stood on the Truman balcony with him when uh, George W. was president on the 4th of July and visited. And then I saw him again in Paris one year and we had dinner with he and his two sons and Becky. And then Kern Wildenthal, I've known for 25, 30 years. He just raised billions of dollars for UT Southwestern in Dallas. And Ross Pro was a big pro proponent of that uh medical entity. I know he used to tell Bob, you need to come up here and see doctors up here. I mean, they're the best Pulitzer Prize winners and Nobel Prize winners. And uh, so Kern just helped raise billions of dollars and they've done nothing but build one fabulous medical uh, building after another at their brain institutes, the Bill Clements Hospital and on and on and on. So it's it's a magnificent place. And we're really happy to honor Dr. Kern Wildenthal, as well as Alberto. That that sounds like a great mix of folks. And I like that, you know, it's a range of people from multiple markets, you know, and, you know, I've always learned, you know, my husband's a sixth generation Texan, once a Texan, always a Texan. So oh, sure. <laughs> I love that, you know, I love that that's being, you know, that's, you know, that he's getting, you know, he's getting pulled and he's getting tangled back here. Um, one thing I do want to talk about with you and, you know, the one thing I have always admired about you is, is that you're the honorary chair, but you are a very active honorary chair. Like I, I think of honorary chairs in a lot of ways are, are ceremonial roles, but you, I see you engaging with the donors every single year when I go, I know how much tireless, passionate work you put on behind the scenes to make sure that the dinner is a success and make sure the museum's a success. And I know you talked about earlier that, you know, there's a different chair that you work with each year. So, uh -huh. you know, talk a little bit about, you know, what is the secret, you know, cause you're the, you're the thread and the, the, the glue that keeps everything held together. What uh -huh. are ways, you know, what, what advice would you give to somebody in terms of what is the secret to working well with an event chair and picking the right chair to carry out your vision? Well, you know, I think now we have 34 board members on the foundation board. We started out with like 16. And I absolutely have loved every single board member we have ever had. You know, as I said, they're from different parts of Texas. They're all committed to a nonprofit. You know, they're not on a profit board, for-profit board. And they're fabulous people. They're just easy to get along with. And we have a tasting uh, at the Four Seasons usually caters our our meals so we all get together or several of us get together and decide what we're going to have and we keep in touch but i mean 
the gala chairs actually do most of the work. I I can't take a lot of credit for that. You know, I politicked with my husband all over the state for was with him 22 years. And I love people. I mean, everyone, Bob always said, everyone has a story worthy of, of a book in their lives. And it's very true. Everyone's fascinating to me. I love, I love that you say that because that really, you can feel that in the room when you go in every year. That's one thing that I always notice. And to me, it's, I think you're being a little modest because you set the tone, I think. And I think that's why people keep coming back year after year. And what do you think, you know, if you had to pick one thing that is the key to hosting something that's successful year after year, what it, what do you think is that one key secret to hosting a successful event? Well, I think it's important to try to uh, visit with as many people as you can. Of course, I know a lot of these people over however many years I've been involved in, you know, this realm of Texas. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of have a history. Most of us have a little bit of a history. And then I've gotten to know a lot of the board members, like some of the Dallas people, and they've introduced me to some of their people that come and I've gotten to know them and I'll go to Dallas and we'll have lunch or dinner. And I don't get to Houston as often, but San Antonio. And so I just think it's important to reach out and, you know, after we are eating dinner and I finished, I'll go around and visit a few people at different tables because it's very fun. You keep up that way. You absolutely, you know, you absolutely do. And I love that, you, you know, you treat it really as an opportunity to get to know others. And galas and events are really one great way to meet new people. And, you know, what's great about the Texas Independence Day dinner is that's different and sets itself apart from most other galas in Texas is that it is a statewide event. So you have people with Dallas that are interacting with people from Austin that are interacting with people from San Antonio. And it really kind of creates this, this, you really feel like a larger community more than just, you know, the city that you're in, but you really do tap in and you feel that statewide ethos of Texas every time you walk into that space. Well, you know, that's absolutely right. And uh, back to politicking with Bob all over the state, uh, I got to go so many different places with him, little bitty town, Littlefield. I mean, you know, East Texas, Rust, Texas. Uh, and I just assumed everybody kind of had been all over Texas. Well, they haven't. I'll never forget Ruth Alshuler, who we honored from Dallas. He was this the grand dame of Dallas. I mean, you know, she was on the Salvation Army boards and I can't even name how many. And so we were talking and, and I said something about Austin. And she said, no, I've really hardly ever been to Austin in my life. And I was just stunned. Oh, I know, and, right? Yes. I mean, she kind of just stayed in Dallas or New York, wherever she went and vacationed. And she hadn't really been to San Antonio and Houston that much either. So uh, you see that in some people. They kind of are close to where they've lived most of their lives. So I think it's very fun for them to mix and mingle with others from other parts. And also see how people in other places do things because, and you know this, you know, what you would do at a gala or an event in Dallas is not necessarily what you do in Austin and vice versa. So it's always, it's always fun to kind of see a different perspective. And I think that different perspective is what makes the Texas Independence Day dinner so special. Oh, I agree with you. Whenever I go to Dallas, uh, 
uh, Louise Griffith and, De- and Debbie Rayner will ask me up for different events and they take it to a whole nother level of, you know, (laughs) sophistication and glamour and all that. So it's very fun to go see these other board members and in other towns. Absolutely. So tell me, you know, what is one thing you're really looking forward to for this 20th, you know, 20th Texas Independence Day dinner? What are you most looking forward to for this year? Oh gosh. I don't know if there's one particular thing. I just think it's just, uh, it's a huge, it's a huge thing for me that it's 20 years old because Bob was here for uh, the groundbreaking, but he, you know, he passed away before the museum actually opened. So it brings back these great memories of President Bush and Laura flying in and Rick Perry and Anita were now in the governor's mansion and they had a nice luncheon and uh, it was just a very exciting opening of the museum. And this kind of seems like, in a way, a little bit of a redo to me. Almost like a reunion, I, a reunion yeah. of sorts. I love I love that. And that's really kind of what it's all about when, you know, when you've done something this well for this long, it's always good to kind of take those milestone years like this one, you know, and do that. And, you know, I want to end with one question while we're on that subject. You know, when you look back, what is one piece of advice you would give to yourself from 20, you know, looking back now, when you were planning that very first dinner that honored um, George H.W. and Barbara Bush and Lady Bird Johnson to today, what what is one piece of advice you would give yourself? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, maybe to have loosened up a little bit more. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty awesome. Well, it is and it was. And when you look back at the number of history making Texans you all have had, I mean, it's really the list is so impressive of the people that say yes to, you know, what you do, what your organization is about. And I just love how you carry Bob's memory in the work that you do so passionately. You can just tell this means so much to you and it means the world to me that you were able to take this time today. So thank you so much, Jan, for having us. Well, thank you, Rob. And I want to say Julie Oles was uh, the honorary chair for several of the beginning years. So um, she's always done a great job. She and I have been on the board since the very beginning. So I have to thank them and Dealey Herndon and Bonnie Campbell, who was, he, she's curator of the Bayou Bend. And uh, John now. So there were a lot of people that in the beginning that, you know, have still remained active and helpful. You know, it's actually reminding me of something that um, Lisa Cooley said, and this is the perfect bookend of this conversation, said last year when we talked about last year's dinner, it takes a village. And yes, you 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 listing those folks that's immediately where my brain went so you know i really i really appreciate the work that you and julie and all the other folks do from around the state to really make this such a magical experience and a magical night well thank you rob it's been delightful visiting with you and i hope some people have uh learned some things about the museum and that they'll come see us absolutely and the texas the 20th annual texas independence day dinner benefiting the Texas State History Museum Foundation and the Bob Bullock Texas State History Museum will be held on February 29th, 2024 at the Bob Bullock Texas State History Museum in Austin, Texas. For more information, please visit tshmf.org. And that will do it for this episode of Fun and Fundraising. 
I'm your host, Rob Giardinelli, reminding you to keep it fun, keep it interesting, and your guests will have a great time. Have a great day, everyone, and take care.